want to do a project about software development, but I don't want it to be like a project that you might see trending on this website or that website or this project that gets so many stars. Um, because the majority of us aren't the ones who write those projects. Um, the majority of us live in this world where we feel like we're a good developer and we feel like we're a terrible developer and sometimes we feel like both. Um, and I want to do this project about life uh, as a software developer, about trying to do projects and they're just trying to do all the projects, trying to do one project, trying to get anything that could be good enough to to trend, to get that uh, public acclaim. Um, and so I'm going to try and do this project um, to bring all of that together. And I think it's important that I don't have a plan for this project. I think it's okay to plan like a step ahead, like think about what I'm going to say right before I say it. But if there's a plan, um, then I think it will be less represented. Like that plan will shape what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. But without a plan, it's going to be more, more authentic, more, hopefully, more relatable. When I was getting my physics degree, uh, my uh, last year and a half there, uh, I uh, got involved in this sort of half-abandoned, half-failed project um, of building a Beowulf cluster for the physics students to be able to run code on. Um, and uh, I didn't really understand at the time uh, that this was a terrible, um, a terrible waste of time uh, to get involved in a super unspecified project with no budget and only me. <laughs> so I, uh, I, uh, I asked my brother who was, uh, who was majoring, he, he was majoring in, uh, in, uh, he was majoring in, in software development, software engineering. And, uh, I asked him for help because I was like, I don't really know what to do or like what exactly to search for. And so he, uh, he helped me out and, uh, he helped me find a bunch of information about what Bill Cluster was, what sort of things we needed, etc. We spent uh, a bunch of time um, up in this room messing with these computers, which were crazy old and not very reliable. And uh, we eventually got things to a point where we could, where we could actually do it. We could run example, example code compiled against OpenM. PI and uh, it would run and it would do whatever, but it was super useless because no one wanted to go to that room to run their code. They wanted to be able to just SSH to the edge node and run stuff from there. Um, and that didn't uh, work. The edge node had two network cards, so you could you could plug it out to the network and get internet access and you could plug it into the cluster and access the cluster, but I didn't know what to do to get it to do both at the same time. And so we would turn off one, use the cluster, turn off the other, connect to the internet. Um, and that didn't work very well at all. Uh, and uh, that's basically how I left it. But I've sort of been trying to get, like for years I've sort of been like thinking about that and like what do I do? And, and I just recently, on my cluster at home, on my cluster at home, got a, the same setup, 
Um, and now I knew what that guy was looking for. So I just Googled, I mean, at least I knew, I understood that I needed it to act as a router, right? That was like how ignorant I was back there. I didn't know in university, I didn't even know that this edge node needed to act like a router. Um, and so I looked it up and now it's providing DHCP and DNS and it's, uh, IP table rules allow all the nodes to access the internet. And I got net, like I got, I got it to, so all the nodes can boot off the network to boot from this machine. I got the pre-seed file working so that it'll just, they'll boot up, they'll install themselves automatically. Um, and, uh, and so I was testing it out in the test grid. I finally got it all working and it installed itself and it rebooted, booted from its hard drive and nothing. It was just black screen. So... So this week I finally put up a website at a domain name that I own and uh, and I put a blog post on it and I realize that I'm like 20 years behind the times but the thing is I don't do like I don't do HTML for a living um, and uh, I've looked into it before I've done like looked at all sorts of things the things that come up popular and like oh maybe PHP maybe I should use Ghost maybe I should just do WordPress. Maybe I should write it all by hand. Um, and uh, I don't really like conforming to the modern website standards. I think they work great um, for the websites that you go to, but they don't work for me in terms of me writing stuff for a website um, because I want, like, I understand HTML. I'm good at JavaScript. I'm terrible at CSS. Um, but uh, I just feel like I want to be like an author, but more of most of the like modern website D tools are meant to be a business. It's like this big engine that it runs everything and you just, you put your stuff in the right place so that it handles it appropriately for you. And I just hate that. Cause like if I'm writing a website and something else is like doing so much for me, like what is the point of it exactly? Well, how is that help, helping me getting my message down on the screen? Um, so I wrote, so, so I've got this, I've got this setup that just does, it just does almost nothing. It's amazing. I just think, I just love it so much. I've got like a 25 line bash script, um, and that, uh, does a loop and reads some files and templates these files. And, um, I stole and fixed some bugs in a library that, uh, uses said to change markdown into HTML. Um, because like I could do that myself so I've, and I like Markdown, so I felt okay letting that do that work for me, but the website itself is just cobbled together from these little templates and uses the teeny tiniest amount of CSS and I just think it's amazing. Um, so I wrote a blog post to go on it, um, and I don't think it's an amazing blog post, but you know, it's a start. Um. It's just about some of uh, the stuff I've seen in the Kubernetes Slack group uh, over the past few months that I've been lurking in there, watching people ask questions. Um, so I showed it. I showed it the website to my wife. I showed the post to my wife, and she she read it. She's like, "This is an okay post. You should make some changes." Um, I was like, "So what do you think of the website?" She's like, "Oh, it looks like a website." I was like, "You score." <laughs> That's what I was going for. I just wanted it to look like a website, but having done like done all the interesting work myself um and left just just not very much work to 
to stuff that other people have written. Um, and I feel really good about that. So I'm on vacation, and uh, I found that it's I have this muscle reflex to just, when I'm on my phone, to open up Slack to see if there's any messages, and it's... <laughs> really frustrating and I try to not do it because I told them I would only be um, I would only be uh, available by email but uh, you know I keep checking the messages and I can see that they've deployed something that I fixed and thinking like some of them accidentally could talk to me on there and it's uh, hey hey yeah it's all gone and uh, I just I mean I, I really hope that they don't make bad decisions while I'm away or that they don't you know cast me as the villain for any problems. We had reviews this last week, and uh, my manager did this this thing I thought was good. He sat down with me before he finalized his review of me, um, so that like, I could object before it was written down, I guess. And uh, we went over it, and uh, it was all great. But the thing that, the thing that bothered me is that... Um, he said that, like, in an attempt to communicate to me that, like, upper management felt I was doing a good job, uh, was, uh, reporting, uh, some anecdotes of them saying, like, I was doing so much better, or this seemed like a great turnaround for me, uh, as an employee, and I just think that's bunk. I think that's ridiculous. I've been doing an amazing job there for years, um, and... This isn't even the first time that I've heard these stories of them saying that I'm, oh, I'm doing so much better, so unexpected. Like, I don't appreciate that. My manager, my current manager, of course, hasn't been around. This is the first review cycle he's been around it for, so he doesn't know. Um, he he doesn't know whether what they're saying is true or false. Uh, so I just, like, and I've objected to this before, saying, like, I'm not doing better. I'm just doing great, like I've always been. And uh, if my skills have increased, then how great I'm doing is multiplied by the increase of skill. But he didn't know any of that, so I just nodded and said thank you. I just want to say right here that I'm not going to be apologizing for breaks in this project, no matter how long or short they are, um, because that ended up just dissolving into an endless cycle of apologizing at each at each installment. So I had a meeting with my boss today where he was uh, sounding out he's sounding out my reaction to a push from upper management uh, to have me not work from home so much. Uh, currently, I work from home twice a week, um, which I think is very reasonable, and. Um, but they don't like it, and this is maybe the 20th time that this has come up, and my manager's like, oh, you know, it's all three of them at the top, and I, it's hard to push back on that, and I'm like, well, this, this is absurd, and there's so much history on this. Um, I consider the, uh, the ability to work from home, um, like, one of the perks or part of my compensation package. Like, this is this is part of what I get for being in this job. So to take it away, like, is just, is absurd. Even if they didn't 
even if they didn't necessarily want to give it to me in the first place, I have it. Like, if you take it away, like, then you're changing the entire makeup of this job that I've been doing for years. And so, the, um, my boss was like, well, maybe we could be creative if it's part of a compensation package. We could give you money. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not even comparable to money. Like, I'm able to be home. I'm available to help my family. I'm more available to interact with my son. You know, and that's, that interaction, studies would show that that interaction, you know, is correlated with an increase of IQ, increase in success in life. Um, and so how can you compensate me for that? Right? If you're going to take this away, how can you compensate me for that? Are you going to pay me the, his difference in wages over his entire life? Like, that's how you would replace that compensation with the value, like, in the way that I value it. So, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, if they keep pushing on it, eventually it'll come to a head and I'll say no. And they'll either take that and crawl back licking their wounds, or they'll tell me to take a hike. Right? Or I'll take, tell them that I'm taking a hike. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how it's going to happen. And so like they're going to value butts and seats more than the work that I've been doing, which upper management doesn't understand. Right? But my manager understands. So can he help them <laughs> to understand that, that it's a bad decision, a bad policy? We have sort of a bad situation with our software team right now where um, there's like, there's four rows of desks um, and we can fit our entire software team in two of those rows with an empty seat. Um, and so it's impossible for us to have the appearance of being there because there's so many empty seats. Um, and they just hate that. It makes them itch to see that like, they think they're paying someone and they're not in their seat. So dumb. I've been doing some load testing of the system that I developed. And I've written a custom load tester. I did this a year and a half ago or so. And I've been um, developing that load tester more and more uh, to meet different needs. One thing uh, that's happened recently is there's a uh, detection algorithm, a streaming detection algorithm that runs uh, on our data. And the load tester, up until the other day, uh, only sent fake flat data, and so nothing could ever be detected. Um, and this, uh, at one point, uh, caused us to fail to detect a very bad memory leak uh, in that code that wasn't being exercised. Well, so it is, uh, it is exercising that code now, um, a bunch of code. And I uh, found, I have, since the last time I tested load tester, I've learned a bit more about uh, Erlang's garbage collector um, and, and figured that my load tester was running into a case of processes, long lived processes that don't act very often, but deal with a lot of data, binary data. 
and so that data doesn't get garbage collected uh, efficiently or quickly, promptly. <laughs> so by adding it to manual garbage garbage collection, uh, I actually <laughs> I cut the uh, I cut the memory usage on a simulation of let's say 1,500 users down from 11 gig to a third of a gig. So that's actually, that's a lot of data. And it's, uh, it's interesting to me that, uh, um, like, this is a custom load tester, and it's, it's pretty cool. The way it works, I think, is really nice. And uh, even after a year and a half, two years, I don't even know how long it's been since I started building it, started using it, it's still like there's still like so much that could be done on it. Like um, some of the uh, the error handling inside of it isn't really as robust as I would like. Um, and without like I don't want to put in too much work to like make it behave exactly as a client does. But also like I don't want it to deviate does. So last night I was trying to, trying to get a, a uh, 15,000 user load test run. And, uh, and this isn't like, like you might think 15,000 is a lot, but this isn't like loading a web page load test. This is pumping gigabytes of data through a system. Uh, constantly pounding it, reading data back out, causing it to perform high-intensity calculations over large areas of that data. Um, so it's a big, it's a lot of work um, to, for 15,000 users. Um, and uh, it was, uh, once, once the whole system reaches steady state, uh, it's typically just fine. But one thing I've run into is that, like, the simulation starts up and the users authenticate themselves, and that authentication is is, is really, really resource intensive. So, like, even though it's steady state, it would be fine. Like, I could be in the middle of, like, I could be 4,000 users deep trying to authenticate, and it just goes kablooey. Um, and it gets to the point where, like, the reverse proxy is like, no, all the servers are bad. I can't handle your request. And, uh, yeah, uh, so I'm not, like, I don't want it to take, it to take forever, because right now, take, taking forever to spin everyone up means that, that I have to stay up, you know, until 5 in the morning babysitting these things. I don't want to do that. But also, I'm not entirely sure how to automate that part either. I'm headed to a job interview today, and uh, so far they really liked me on the phone, um, and I just can't, like, I don't have any concerns about it except for one thing, and I don't think it's going to be a problem, but I can't stop worrying about it, and that's that it's a Java shop, and I haven't written Java since college. And they're like, yeah, no big deal. And I'm like, but what if they ask me to write some Java? <laughs> right? And I'll be like, yeah, it's probably like, you know, 
Public something something my class name <laughs> I don't know I don't remember the syntax <clears throat> I don't really want to look it up either like it's easier to learn the syntax and be like hey here's a bug go find it and I'm like okay here's some Java code right 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 okay got it right that's so much easier than like here let's pull out a Java cheat sheet and see if I can remember it long enough through talking to four people today that it'll do me any good. So, <clears throat> and it's, I think it's going to be fine. It's, it's uh, actually a DevOps position, but it's a very Devi oriented team of DevOps. I'm also a little confused on what they actually support. It seems like their clients are the software team developing it wasn't made clear to me that they are that they also support like the live site they must though it wouldn't make sense to have two separate teams but it, they just really emphasized the like the testing architecture and stuff that is supported um and i think that'll be fun they're probably going to ask me an ansible question which i'm going to bomb um uh but that's not super unexpected since i've barely worked with ansible at all but, you know, it should be exciting, honestly.